opening hymn, Sabbath Rest. the Lord tabernacle of praise. The Bible says make it joyful. Shout unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be grateful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning on behalf of our pastor, Pastor Jonathan B. Fields and Melody Fields. We want to extend a warm welcome to those that are visiting with us online and those of you who are in the house. Amen. You may have been in the bottom all week, but you made it to the top. 
the church with the open door where everybody is somebody and worship is truly a joy. You are a visitor but once. After that, you are part of the family. Amen. I see about three different visitors here today. Amen. I had the blessing to meet the Miato family from Brazil. Amen. Amen. We are international. Well, this is your new home. Whenever you are in these parts, in the Midwest, amen, we're glad that you chose to, to come and worship with us. And I see a young lady in the back there in front of Brother Lee. Amen, sister. Amen. Sister Renee, amen. Praise the Lord for you. Angela's daughter is here. What's your name again? Marielle? Ariel. Welcome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we want to just welcome our church family here with us today. Amen. You got on up. Chanel's back. Amen. Just growing up. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's just a blessing to make it every week because, you know, death is all around us. Death is all around us. How, must, how many of us have experienced death within the last couple months? Raise your hand. How many have experienced death in the last month? How many have experienced death in the last week? That shows you how close death is all around us. And if you don't know it, it's only by God's mercies that we are not consumed. So when you wake up in the morning and realize that you are still on, on the top side, you ought to praise the Lord this morning. One more time, we get to worship our Savior. Amen, amen. We want to just encourage you every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We want you to tune in to our, um, our prayer service, end time events. Amen. Last day events. It's a beautiful lesson study. We're on chapter 4. Uh, but this coming Wednesday, we're going to have the area-wide um, prayer service. Amen. So we won't get together until the following Wednesday, but that's a time of study. It's not just a, a, a monologue, but we get to interact, and that's the church at study, amen? And if you don't know it, we are in the end times. Someone asked the question, what's the difference between the end times or the last days and the end of time? Well, you know, around... Uh, some farms they have turkeys and they feed them throughout the year and those times are considered the last days but on Thanksgiving day and they bring the axe down now that's the end of time okay now we are in the time of the end right now but we're getting close to the end of time because when Michael stands up and says, he that is holy, let him be holy still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. You can't wait until he stands up and say, okay, now I want to be holy. Some of us want to look at our clocks and we know prophecy and say, okay, this has to happen and this has to happen. But you are making decisions every day whose side you're on. Every day you're making a choice. Who's on the Lord's side? You have to stand up. God says, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Hold on just a little bit longer. I don't care what you're going through because trials are just to make us strong. How many of you are going through something? Because the Bible says, those that choose to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 
but just count it all joy. Amen. Count it all joy. My wife and I were both in the hospital this week on different days. Amen. But praise God. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. The pastor asked me, he said, you going to be at church tomorrow? I said, if I'm breathing, I'm going to be there. Praise the Lord. So we're just so happy to see you, Tabernacle of Praise. And we just want to continue in our worship. We want to encourage you just to be faithful. Be faithful. Don't get weary in well-doing. You know, the race isn't given to the swift or to the strong, but those that endure to the end. Amen. We want to be faithful in our tithe and in our offerings. Amen. Because if you can't trust God with your money, you'll never trust him with your life. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know we want to get our houses and cars and everything beautified, but guess what? That's just going to all burn up for the big bonfire. You know, it's going to all burn up, so we need to wear this earth like a loose garment. Amen. We're pilgrims. This is not our home. We're trying to get to eternity. Amen. This is just a boot camp training us for glory. Amen. Let's continue in our worship.
I believe that a smile can go a long way. It, it shows an expression uh, or a symbol of being happy in Christ. And to celebrate who Jesus is together, our worship will benefit us. What do you say? Amen. At this time, we know that we can all come together as believers in Christ and brothers and sisters to do one thing. The least we could do is pray together. Amen. I say that's the least we could do. You know, knowing the, the afflictions and knowing the persecutions and knowing all the troubles and challenges and issues that we experience in life, the one thing we should at least do is pray together. So I'm going to ask you at this time for those who would like to come a little bit closer to the altar and to, to the throne room of God, we want to... Make our request known to God as he have access to do. Our Father, which is art in heaven, holy and reverend is your name. We believe your kingdom is coming and we believe that your will shall be done in earth as you have blueprinted in heaven. Now we ask that you give us this day our daily bread from the minister that you will use a little bit later to proclaim truth to our souls. We pray, O oh God, that you will lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from all sorts of evil. Well, we won't be deceived by our enemy, so we ask that the outpouring of your spirit will fall afresh upon us. Spirit of the living God, we ask you to take full control over our minds right now and allow us to reflect on the greatness and the beautiful image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For he has done great things and will do even greater things for us to come. For that reason, we say thank you. We are so grateful and we are so privileged for a time that we can connect with you in prayer right now. Not just asking you to go on errands because we need something from you. We want to connect you just, we want to connect with you just up sign hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
because you are worthy of our praise. Because you have shown that you are our God. You have shown that you are our Redeemer. You have shown that you are a provider. You have shown that you are a healer. You have shown that you are a sustainer. You have shown yourself great and mighty in our life. And for that reason we say thank you. Lord, you know what is best for our lives. And you have promised in your word that you will supply it according to your riches and glory. So, Lord, we are not going to give you some list for you to provide for us because we believe by faith that it shall be done because we are your children. And any good parent will provide for their children. So we ask right now that you give us some spiritual gifts from heaven. Give us some patience. Give us, oh Lord, meekness and temperance. Lord, give us, oh Lord, the things that is going to be pleasing in your sight and the things that's going to help develop our character. Things that will help the world see that we are reflecting the image of our creator. That they can see the love of Christ in us. And as we, as we distribute that love to them, that they can be a part of an eternal family. So, Spirit of the living God, we ask that you take us and use us, but work on us before we be in use. Now, Lord, we ask that you touch a man's servant. We ask, O oh Lord, that you open up the library of heaven and pour out the wisdom from you into his brain. And let him recognize that the word of God is also for him as well as for the rest of us. And as he opened your word, oh God, and he will worship you in the beauty of your holiness through word, we ask you, oh God, empower him. That he will encourage us and that we all will be touched by your healing hand that we can move forward in our lives by your un, unfailing hand. We believe, God, that you hear us now. And we believe that the things that we are requesting not only have been heard in heaven, but it is going to be fulfilled because you desire us to be saved. So now, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, God the Holy Spirit, and God our Father, converse and we ask that you intercept and intercede. We invite you now to do the transformation that is needed in our lives. We give you permission right now that you do the things that's going by any means necessary, save us and our families. Remind our children, O oh God, that greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. And remind us that we can do a good thing for you. We can do a great thing for you. And the world can be warned of our love for them and your love for them. 
So now, God, as we end our prayer, we ask you to continue, Lord, to anoint this service that we may truly continue to have a beautiful experience with you in our worship service. Inhabit our praise. And we ask, oh God, that you will be glorified. This is our prayer in the mighty, awesome, powerful name above all names, which is Jesus. Jesus, come now and accept our prayer. In your holy name, we ask these things to be done, said, and give us favor. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Hallelujah. saints of God. Good morning. Oh, we're going to start with a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, I want to say this. Maybe I missed it last week if you were here, but Bev is back. Is this your first time back? Second time. All right, I missed it last week. We're happy. You cannot keep a good soldier of, of God down. You cannot. No matter what, she's up here without her boots and whatever else she has to wear, but God is good. And I know that she's in pain, but she sings through the pain. He's so good. I do want to acknowledge, too, this morning when I came in, we had some really, really cute little ushers out there. Ine and Chanel, I felt like a queen walking up in here. You know, so I just want to say thank you for serving the Lord. He is so good. And for the leader for discipling the children. I also saw Andre discipling our young men and teaching them how to do the cameras so that the church may roll on. Amen. He is so good. I hope you guys learn. And I'm just going to put a bug out there. What he's teaching you today, if you're faithful with, you can earn money with it tomorrow. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> so I want to welcome everybody to Stewardship Time. I want to point out that this week was a hard week. You know, we have people in the house whose families died, and I'm you know, so sorry that their family members have passed on. And then, you know, out in the world, there's some stuff going on out there, you know, like suicide. There was one lady who committed, um, I'm sorry, not going to say that, died by suicide. She and her, I think it was four children, and she burnt the house up before, I guess, she took her own life. And so we have some people out there, they hurt me. They really hurt me, you know? And so we're going to have to send some love out. And we cannot be sending love out, you know, all nilly-willy and quiet and stuff. We have to speak up for the Lord. So when I say, God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. He's so worthy to be praised in spite of all the bad. In spite of all the bad. I want to remind you, I got my, my joy back, right? I've been sick for so long, I had forgot how to feel joy, right? But the Lord is good because... When I talk to Bev about Backpack Sabbath, I'm all super happy. So we can start bringing in our stuff. We have some, we need your spiral, your spiral notebooks for this month, which is the last weekend is today. But 
please bring it in anyway. We're trying to fill 600 backpacks. Amen. 1,200 spiral notebooks is what we need. 1,200. I was reading today, just looking at my, um, for the weather, and then my eyes just happened to see bad news, as usual. 2.5 million people lost their homes to natural disasters, right? So we have a homeless program. We have a homeless program. What we do is only a drop in the bucket, but that drop is needed. Amen. So we're going to ask you to return an offering that will support that ministry and also provide a body that will go out and do some of that ministry. And then we have coming up to Backpack Sabbath, which is July 27, 2024. Then we're coming up to that. I'm going to say from the, uh, July 21st through the 26th, we're going to have Vacation Bible School. Now, it won't be every night, but we are having Vacation Bible School. Amen. Yes, right. Somebody give God some praise. I thank those who are making that happen. And it's going to back up into Backpack Sabbath, and then we're just going to be loading it up with, to the community. And then we're going to have after that. We're not stopping, are we? No, no, no. We're going to continue on with our, um, our uh, I always get this all mixed, mixed up. So, thank you so much. Suicide Prevention Conference. This year we're going to focus on trauma and the role of um, suicide, death by suicide and mass shooting. So that's going to be pretty interesting. So we're looking forward. We need to stop this. This is it's going crazy. Do you know that in... Um, this month, February, we have had 48, 48 shootings. And at the time that I counted it, it was only 46 days in a month. We're getting down to two shootings a day. This is ridiculous. So we're going to have to find some strategies that we can do as just lay citizens. Maybe it's a word we can say, a thought we can do, a, a, a gift we can give that may change the future of several people. So we want to do that. And then we have, y'all know, mm -hmm. our Christmas program, right? We have that. It's going to be, uh, we don't, I don't have the date on that, but we'll have it for you next week. So our Christmas program, again, this year, our annual Christmas program, we want everybody to come out, be blessed by the Lord. He is good to us. And so with that, thank, it's called Thank You, Lord, a Christmas concert, and we want you to begin returning a thank you, Lord, um, offering in lieu of that. You don't have to wait to give your $1,000. Nice. I did say $1,000 because your God is good to you, right? Right. Do you know how much it would cost to replace your heart? More than 1000 Right? If you have to have, just taking blood pressure medicine all year and you don't have insurance, you're in trouble. Let's just start really thinking about all the things that's not happening to us. And let's praise God for it. Amen. Now, Amen. this is our last Sabbath for Black History Month. And so I thought, let's see what the prophet says. Let's see what Sister White have to say about slavery. Now, this chapter is in Testimony, Volume 7, and it's called North and South. It's really a good read, really a good historical read. And it's factual, it's so good. So I'm just going to read you a part of this. And uh, what was happening is it was time for the Civil War. This is before the war started. And so they were calling on national fasting. 
a national fast to, you know, hopefully change what was the impending doom that was coming upon the country. And here's what she's writing. Now, this is not all. This is just a segment. I saw that these national fasts were an insult to Jehovah. He accepts of no such fast. The recording angel writes in regard to them, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. I was shown how leading men have treated the poor slaves who have come to them for protection. Angels have recorded it. Instead of breaking their yoke and letting the oppressed go free, they have made the yoke more galling for them than when in the servitude of that, their tyrannical masters. I'm going to read this a little slower. People sound like I, I'm too fast. I talk too fast. The love of liberty leads the poor slaves to leave their masters, to risk their lives and strike for liberty. They would never venture to leave their masters and expose themselves to the difficulties and horrors attending their recapture if they had not as strong a love for liberty as any of us. The escaped slaves endure untold hardships and dangers to obtain their freedom. And as their last hope, with a love of liberty burning in their hearts, breasts, I'm sorry, they apply to our government, government for protection. But their confidence has been treated with the utmost contempt. Many of them have been cruelly treated because they committed so great a crime as to dare to make an effort to obtain their freedom. Professed great men with human hearts have seen the slaves almost naked and starving and have abused them and sent them back to their cruel masters. And hopeless bondage again. To suffer inhuman cruelty for daring to seek their liberty. Some of this wretched class they thrust into unwholesome dungeons. To live or die, they care not which. They have deprived them of liberty and free air, which heaven has never denied them. And then left them to suffer for food and clothing. In view of all this, proclaim a national fast. <laughs> oh, what an insult to Jehovah. And then... One more word. The Lord is grieved by the woe in the southern field. Christ has wept at the sight of this woe. Angels have hushed the music of their hearts. This is in heaven. And I wonder, how can you weep in heaven? The angels stop playing their music as they have looked upon a people unable because of their past slavery to help themselves. Thank God we are not there anymore. Praise the Lord. Oh, my God, I'm so grateful for that. And with that, we have freedom to develop your time, to use your time any way you want to. Ain't nobody telling you to go in the fields. Nobody beating your back down because you didn't, make enough, you didn't pick enough cotton. Your talents can be developed. If you can sing, please sing. Get up and do something. Your bodies, we don't have to eat chitlins. No, we don't need no, pot, no hog sloth stuff that somebody else give us. We can go to the store, choose to make a good decision about what we're eating, and live a good life. Time, talent, temple, and your money. Man, we ain't got to make other people rich and we keep getting poor. This don't make sense to me. We can save some money, right? We can invest in stock, right? We can create and develop a web page or YouTube page or something and bring in some money, right? We can return to Adam. 
God is so good to us. You didn't have the right to have any money. You couldn't return tithe and offering. You couldn't eat what you wanted to eat. You couldn't do the things you wanted to do. This is awesome. God wept in heaven for our future. The angels stopped their music. So when you're making a decision on what you're going to do with your time, if you're going to go to school and not go to school, develop your talent, what about how you're going to take care of your body, your temple? And what about spending that? Fi- well, Lee and I don't even eat meat. And we spend $12 on, what is it? French fries or something. It seems like something ridiculous. At uh, McDonald's, they're getting richer. Not anymore. Heck, buy one of those f- bags or some potatoes. Cook that stuff at home and be through with it. God loves us. He cares for us. He cried for us. Let's not let it go to waste. Let's do the best and the most we can do with what we have. Can the deacons come forward? Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, thank you so much for your intervention. We know that the North did not want to free us. They didn't care about us. They wanted to keep the country together, Lord. But you, you had a a bigger and brighter future for us, and we praise you for that. Now, Lord, as we return with a thankful heart, the little bit that you're asking us to return, and a generous offering, Lord, We ask that you would turn it from a um, secular use into a sacred use, Lord. Let all that we do be to glorify you, Lord. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Gates. Just give me a moment, please. 
Every time I hear that song, it, it, it does something to me. So, Sister Gates, again, I thank you for that. Wanted to start off with something that I've started doing, and that is give you a fact. And this fact is it is impossible for you to hum while holding your nose. <laughs> well, give it a shot. Somebody try. Somebody tried. Prove me wrong. But it is impossible to hum while holding your nose. So I'll wait for you to try it. But the reason why is the sound comes through your nose. So if you close it off, you can't hear it. So I would like to just give you a fact before we get started. So I was honored when Brother Paul asked me did I want to speak on this Sabbath because he asked me a while ago and I just had to come up with something to talk to God's people about. And in talking to God's people on a subject that was near and dear to me, black history. Because back in 1974, on that Thursday, that 73 degree day, there was a rainbow illuminating the sky and a calm breeze swept across the land. I'm talking about the day that I was born. <laughs> so when I, as I grew up, things shaped your life and and you go through certain things in your life. One story that I want to talk to you about is about a lawnmower. Now, everybody that knows me knows that I had a grandmother who was a devout Adventist. And she was a woman who made sure that I knew what this book talked about. She would, when I would, growing up, I would go to her house every Friday night and Sabbath we went to Northside when it was over on Taylor and then again when it moved to Lucas and Hunt. She would make sure that I would study my Sabbath school lesson and that I would also remember God's word. His word I hid in my heart that I may not sin against him. So that is one thing that I know that a lot of us are missing with our youth is we do not encourage the remembrance of God's word. I don't know where that came from, but that is just something that God gave me that we need to encourage our youth to remember God's word. Because his word is a light and a lamp until our feet. It will direct your path. So my story was about this lawnmower that my grandmother got. It was brand new. 
and we went to Sears when Sears was down on Manchester. We picked this lawnmower up, and I was excited to use it because I was doing some work for my grandmother. I enjoyed working for my grandmother. I enjoyed working with my hands. So while I was, cameraman, you'll have to follow me because I am, he gave me this lapel, so he gave me a little freedom. He gave me a little freedom. So, so with this lawnmower she got, um, I filled up with gas. They said, make sure you check the oil. I checked the oil. I had oil in it. I thought it was enough. So it was one of those lawnmowers where you had to hold the handle for it to go because they want to make sure you kept your hands on the bars and didn't stick your hands underneath. So as I tied a rope around this handle because I didn't want to hold it, filled it up with gas and, and just let it go, as I cut the back, I noticed that white smoke came out of it. And, and I'm wondering, I don't know what that's from, but the problem was, I didn't put enough oil in it, and and it and it burned up. So the next time I went to you, I, I, next time I went to use it, it wouldn't start. I mean, this is a brand new mower. This mower ought to start right up. I got gas in it. They put oil in it the last time. I didn't think I need to check it again because on the old one, I didn't have to do that. So we took it back to Sears. Man came out and said, the problem is, you didn't put any oil in it. So with my grandmother being who she was, she got a new mower. But what that taught me was, no matter what you think, you should always check. And the history of that is that even today, when I get ready to start that mower up, I'm checking the oil. I have to. Because when you learn something, you have to reapply it. History that is not remembered will cause you to repeat the same cycle. So had I not put oil in the new one, shame on me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come out on this your holy Sabbath day. Lord, we ask you to forgive us of all sins, cleanse from all iniquities. Lord, I ask you to overshadow the vessel that you have created and let your word shine forth through from this desk. Lord, we ask that you will come down and instruct us on what you will have for us on this day to let us know that we are your people. We are children of your pasture. And Lord, you have never forsaken or left us. But you have given us the strength and the wisdom and the ability to be who you have called us to be. So for that, Lord, we just want to say thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all say amen. amen. Our scripture reading comes from the book of Hebrews. And it is Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. And we will read this responsibly 
It is Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. So I would ask for you all to stand as we read God's word. And we will start. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High, God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. And indeed, those who are the son of Levi, who received the priesthood, and the commandment to receive tithe from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, they, though they have come from the lions of Abraham, now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest should arise to the order of Melchizedek? For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. For it is evident that our, that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. who has come not according to the law of fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. May the Lord add a, read, add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated. When I was thinking about what I should talk about with God's people today and, and, and prayed about this. The subject came to me is we have an identity crisis. We have forgotten who we are, whose we are, and where we have come from. I wanted to share this poem that I got, and it's our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear in that we are powerful beyond measure. 
It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You are pl your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people will feel unsure around you. We are born to manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. As we let our light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. When I thought of that, it reminded me that the history that we have is so rich that we tend to forget about it. We tend to forget how much power we really have. Do you know that the one who is the king of kings was called to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek who was a descendant of Ham, the father of the nation of the blacks, the king of kings, called to be a priest after the order of a Hamatic descendant. So everyone in this room, under the sound of my voice, when you look at that melanin in your skin, know that you are in the presence of royalty. Know that God has blessed you to be more than what you have become. He has called for you to be great. But yet we tend to shriek back because we don't want people to think that we cannot achieve. But if you look at 400 years of slavery and the accomplishment of the black man in this country, how powerful are we? What has God given us that we feel we should draw back. That wasn't in my notes. A priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. When you look at that text, you notice that the Levitical priest was the one who received tithes from his brethren. But yet, he paid tithes to somebody who was not a Levitical priest, who was not a descendant of Shem, but a descendant of Ham. Even Jesus came out of a different tribe, not out of the Levitical priesthood. He came out of Judah. So when we look at what God has for us as the people of the book. Because the land that was given to Abraham was the land of Salem, which was also another name for Canaan, who was a descendant of Ham, which tells us that not only 
Are we the people of the book? We're the people in the book. We're the people who were worshipers of El Elohim. This king, Melchizedek, a priest after the order that the Lord has sworn and will not print, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Why is it important for us to know that he was an Amorite king? If you go back and look through the lineage of Ham and you go through his four sons and you break that down because history that's not remembered will be history that is lost and somebody else will paint a picture for you. So that is why it is important for us to study what God has given us and we have that ability to do that and no one can take it from us. When I was looking at why it was that the people in this country, when slaves were brought to this country, why they thought that they were inferior is because of what they were given, a half Bible. They were given what was called a slave Bible, where it didn't show them that they had the liberty that God has guaranteed all men, not from the Constitution, but from the book that God has given to us, from our God-given right to be who he has called us to be. And he has called us to be a great people. If you would look at what has happened, if you recall, there was a great flood. And after this great flood, there was a great military hunter. And this military hunter named Nimrod, who was a descendant of Ham, one of the sons of Cush. He was what God called a mighty man. First time it was used, this mighty man of color. But what I want to caution us on is that sometime we start to smell in ourselves. And we get beside ourselves. And then we start to forget who put us where we were. And when we forget whose we are and who he is, sometimes that humbling happens to us and we're not prepared for it. So I want to suggest to you today that you get back into knowing whose you are, who you are, and what he has for you. So when you think of And I am the father of two young black men. In this country, there is a war against our young black men. So that poem that you heard is important for them because they will shriek back because they don't want to seem to be out in front. They don't want to showcase the God-given talent because they may feel that I'm showboating. If God has given you a talent and God has blessed you with that talent, 
He has given it to you in order to use it for his glory. Because that is the purpose for you having it. I go back and I think back. I was pulling through some stuff and I seen a, a business card that I had. This business card was from my time at Vatterock College. I was an instructor at Vatterock College for three years. In this three years, I taught over 300 students. And after teaching these students, I still have a great relationship with them, a lot of them. They call me to ask me questions. And not only that, I can recall that one of our own from this church was having an eye, a crisis of what he wanted to do. Brother Carlton Stewart Anderson. I wanted to do what God has called me to do, and that is share what he has given me. What everyone in this room under the sound of my voice can do, share what God has given you. Brother Carlton, now... Stationary engineer. He is also, has his HVAC license. Works for two hospitals. And not because of me, but because of what he has flowed through me to give to somebody else. So when you think that you don't matter, because when I look at the history of where I came from, from the west side of St. Louis, in the poor neighborhood, yeah. that didn't matter to him. Amen. Because he knew that one day what he could use me for. All right, all right. So as you look at your life and realize that God has put a light in you to shine forth to others, all you have to do is be willing to be made willing to do what he has asked. It's important because you never know who that light touches. From the prayer that was preached to the time, temple, treasure, and talent that was uttered from this desk, it gave me such insight as to what God wants to do with his church. He is calling for this church on Parker Road to be a lighthouse in this community and for everybody to be involved and in bringing souls to him. It is not just a privilege, it is your responsibility. So when you see someone who is not here, it's your responsibility. We miss you. Most of the time, what happens is, where you been? What you doing? Simple thing is, we miss you. That's it. Because when you do that, what you are doing is, you are inviting and giving the invitation that God has set for you to give. Because only...
God uses us. He has no hands but our hands. He sends you into places that you may think are questionable. I think they even called him a wine bibber. Seeking the lost where they are. This king of kings who thought it not robbery when he was sitting high to come down low to pick me up from the west side of St. Louis and set me in a place where he knows that he can use me. Because his love is everlasting. It's from beginning to end and all he wants to do is to use you. And not only use you, but make you better. Because I remember our men's retreat, the shirts that we had said, iron sharpens iron. If you keep beating your axe against wood, it gets dull. I tried to use my axe and cut some wood, but I've been cutting wood for a year. I never sharpened it. I couldn't get through it. Not until you got some iron to sharpen that iron. That's when it works. And also when I was an instructor, what I would do and what we do as a Bible worker is, as you teach, you learn. So that when the person is teaching, they're learning. And as they're learning, they're teaching. You don't have to know everything in this book. But when you have a master who's leading you to talk to somebody else, you'll be surprised what God has put in your mind and on your heart to show somebody who he is. El Elyon. I didn't get off subject. None of this was in here. None of it was in here. I, I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote a bunch of stuff down. I did. I wrote, I wrote a bunch of stuff down. But, but I also know, as Brother Paul told me, it is 10% preparation, 90% inspiration. So I'm going to let God have his way while I'm doing what he asked me to do. Because... I want you to recall Genesis. We're going to look at something I have here. Genesis, Genesis, the 10th chapter is where it is. So that you can see for yourself that some of this stuff is created in fiction. Is it the 10th chapter? Yes, it is. What's your daughter's name? Kyla. I was so inspired this morning because I left my Bible sitting over there and Kyla was reading my highlights. Well, I, I, <laughs> it just really warmed my heart to see how God will use anybody to do anything to inspire you when you are feeling down. Thank you very much for that. She was reading the scriptures. I, I went to pick my book up. She said, I'm reading that. Yeah. 
I said, well, you go ahead on and read. I don't want to take that from you. You go ahead, and when she has some big words, that, yeah, that's what that is right there. And then, not only that, when it came to dealing with some of it, because she's, I know she had a question like, what is that? Well, this is the brick and this is the mortar. What they used to build the Tower of Babel. Because we were looking at the scripture here. And the scripture that we're looking at is Genesis chapter 10. Chapter 10. Now these are the generations of the sons. This is the generations of Noah. Shem, Ham, and Japheth was born to were, were the sons born after the flood. The sons, well, I don't want to read, I want to get to, to, to this part here. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizra, Put, and Canaan. When you look at the story of Job, who was a mighty man of God, the pictures and depiction you get of this man are inaccurate because he is indeed a person of color in the land of Uz, which is part of Canaan. The Canaanites inhabited the land around about them. This mighty man of God, a man of color who was a friend of God, who worshiped the one true God. So when we hear that we are, as some would call, savages, because that is the particular picture they would like to paint. But when you get to the root and brass tacks of it, we are the people of the book. We are the people in the book. The land that was pulled from us because of arrogance, because of our being in our own way, smelling ourselves, the sons of Cush were Saba, and I could read all these names, but there's a lot of them, and they just they, 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 there's something else. But it, eight says that Cush begot Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one in the earth. So Cush had Nimrod, God's mighty man of valor. And when you look at the mighty man of valor that he was, and what he could do, it should give you inspiration to know that when God's people come together, what can they achieve? And so much so that God himself had to look down, hey, hey, hey. When God's people come together, there is no stopping us. After 400 years of slavery, the inventions that came out of slavery, the accolades and the things that we have done in this country that we don't get the credit for, what has God directed you to do? And most of the time, as she talked about, there's money to be made. There's people to be blessed. There are things that can be done. There are songs that can be sang. There are websites that, that can be developed. There are things that we can do, and all we have to do is put our trust in the one who has given us the vision. 
Because his goal for us is so much higher than our goal for ourselves. We are set on, I just need to just make it on by and get to here because I don't want to ruffle no feathers. I don't. I recall that there was a savior who flipped tables over. I recall there was a savior who disrupted what people thought was a status quo. Sent him to the cross because he was one who did not follow the status quo, which is who we are, not the status quo. We are the people of God who have the word of God. And when we put this word of God in our hearts, and it's in our minds. Imagine just what you can accomplish. So today, I just want to say to you that God has a work for you. He will bring you back to where you need to be. You may think, I'm going too far. Lord, how can you use me? But he says, you know what? You haven't gone far enough. Because I can see up high and I can look down low. I can bring you back from the east, the west, the north, and the south. Because I am God and I change not. Isaiah 46, 9 says, remember the things of old. Remember that he is God. So never forget that he can bring you back. Amen. He can put you where you need to be. You may be thinking that I've gone too far. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. You may think that, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you know what I've done? Do you know that he used the sons of thunder? Do you know about the one who persecuted the way, who on the road to Damascus, God had to shine him a light, and now he is one of the biblical patriarchs? Do you know about the one who was a friend to God, who decided he would not follow what God said he was going to do in his own way, and God still had to straighten him out, bring him back? And that person we don't recognize, but he is Abraham. Recall, if you will, Abraham and Hagar the handmaid. Not what God said, but what man did. But when man did, God still blessed what man did and said, while I will bless this, I still have a work for you right here. And even though you decided on your own, you still have a job to do. And in this job to do, I will make it happen. So the turmoil that we get over in the Middle East is simply brothers fighting. God will have his way in your life. Time would fail me to mention Samson and what he had to do. Because God called him to do a work and be a judge. He still did what God had to do, but how much better had he done it in God's way? He destroyed the Philistines and himself in the process. How much more 
if you follow what God says, that your life will be ordered. Your steps are ordered the way that he has for you to go. It doesn't have to be rough. But we will make it as rough as possible because we will kick against the prick until God's still going to have his way. Do you recall that in the garden, God gave Adam and Eve a task. The task didn't change, just their location. The task didn't change. They did what he said he wanted them to do. Our task cannot change and shall not change. God has a work for us to do. And whether or not you want to do it willingly or unwillingly, you will do what he said for you to do. Whether you be somewhere you don't want to be, praising his name, letting people know about him, or you do it peacefully. And I'd rather do it peacefully, because when you do it his way, oh man, the blessings that come with knowing who God is and doing what God has had for you to do, the, 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 whoo, if only you could just imagine how much joy when you do it his way. The king of kings, when we get on one accord and do it his way, because we invite him to come in and we walk the way he have us walk. We talk the way he have us talk. 10,000 falls on this side. Ten more on this side, but it does not come near you because he has a hedge of protection around you because you are, your steps are ordered. And as your steps are ordered and he does what he has planned for you, how can we not serve a God like that? I don't know why he changed the message, but I tell you that that 90% inspiration. I was prepared for something, but God knows what he wants, and he will share with his people what he wants them to have. I thank you, and God bless you, brother. It is such a wonderful thing to see fathers and their children. We need more of it. We need way more of it. We have decided to let our children run amok. But the one thing that I want to suggest to us at this church is that we have to get a men's mentoring program. The reason for it our future leaders are these young men. Without proper guidance, I don't have to tell you what you, have, what you see. We talked about it before. We hear about it when we see that, was it 46 days and 44 murders? When you walk down the street and you know that you cross over because you don't want to be around our own, 
because of the fact that there is a job that God has called us to do. And in this job he's called us to do, it is retrieving the loss. The harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. But we pray that the one who can will send the increase. There is a wonderful feeling you get when God is directing your path and you are able to see someone go down in that watery grave and come up in newness of life and to know that you have been a piece of the conduit to help facilitate that change. So what I say to you today is never let anyone diminish who you are. You are people who are rich in history. Remember whose you are. The king of kings, the most high, Elo, Elohim, king of kings, an order after one of our greatest ancestors. So I'll leave you with this thought. What will you be and where will your place be in history? Where will your place be in history? love me then feed my sheep God doesn't call the qualified but he qualifies the call only thing we need to say is here I am Lord send me God's just looking for people who are willing to be surrendered to God amen and if that's you today I want you to stand with me and say Lord I surrender to you I want to be an instrument of your grace. I don't want to just be a standing uh, person just standing on the promises while sitting on these premises, but I want to be used by you, Lord. Father God, we're so thankful, Lord, for this beautiful message, Lord, knowing our heritage, where we came from, Lord. Yes. Lord, we pray that you will use us as a people, as your children, Lord, to make a difference in this world. Lord, we pray for our children who are out there in the far country, Lord. We pray that we will mentor them to bring them back into the fold, Father. We're interceding for our children, Lord. Bless every man, Lord, every woman, every child, Lord. Help us as we have stood to say, Lord, we are surrendering our hearts to you. Use us as you please. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. And the people said together, amen, amen. You may be seated as the deacons will usher you out.
Give me 